0: 910 Ministries podcast, No Trash, Just Truth. We're your hosts and co-founders of Proverbs 910 Ministries, Rose Spiller and Chris Paxson.
1: Continuing on in our Women in Scripture series, today we're going to talk about a woman from the Bible that many women may not want to hear any more about at all, ever. And that's the Proverbs 31 woman, otherwise known as a wife of noble character
0: or the virtuous woman or whatever. And if that makes you want to turn this podcast off right now, don't. If you're tired of hearing Mother's Day sermons about how to be a great wife and mother, like the Proverbs 31 woman, if you're feeling like you could never live up to that standard, even if you had a million years to get it right, or if you're tired of it for the gazillion other reasons women are sick of hearing about the Proverbs 31 woman, stick with us. You might be surprised at some of the things we're going to learn about this passage.
1: Yeah, you know, Rose... This part of scripture seems to either be totally ignored by pastors or, and I hate to say this, it seems like when it's preached on that it's done in a way that's very patristic, sometimes to the point of being condescending. And it happens a lot on Mother's Day of all days.
0: Mother's Day. That's terrible. Yeah. It's like, happy Mother's Day. Here's your list to follow. <laughs> that's right. Here's your list. Yeah. Hey, do you have some examples of this?
1: I do. I do. And I want to throw a disclaimer in here that the examples we're using aren't from our own pastors currently or in the past. And while there are some really bad examples out there, they aren't all horrible. But unfortunately, one of the mainstays of the Proverbs 31 woman woman, according to many pastors, seems to be that she's a stay-at-home wife and mother who makes her husband, her children, and her home her priority. I mean, to the point. That one sermon I heard from back in the
0: 90s was totally using this to rail against women having careers. Wow. And there's nothing at all wrong with a woman staying home and being a wife and mother. Chris, you and I both did that. We did. And loved it. And we did love it. And I would never trade it. No. But the proverb goes on to talk about this woman. She buys property. She sells clothes that she makes. It does. But I've heard this explained that along with taking care of the
1: husband, the children, and the household... She has a profitable home business or home businesses. It has to be a home business, of course, because she's there for the family. And I've heard or read this more than once. And what else have you heard? Well, and this is the kicker. She does all of this. She takes care of the home, brings in extra money from the home business, and in general takes care of all this stuff so that her husband can be free to do the work the Lord gave him to do. Hmm.
0: That's the explanation given?
1: That's what I've heard several times now, listening to or reading sermons, trying to figure out why women hate this passage so much of the time. And it seems that it's even been used sometimes to convince wives of men who want to be pastors to work and support him and do all the other stuff too, so that he can get through seminary.
0: So I'm starting to see why women sometimes have a problem with this proverb. It's not wrong for a woman to do any of those things, being a homemaker, supporting her husband while he goes through seminary or whatever his vocation is. That's a really noble thing to do. But to use this proverb in a way to hold women's feet to the fire so they capitulate is wrong. I agree. And I've even heard verse 15, the one that says
1: that she gets up while it's still night, explained away a couple of times. With these pastors saying that she doesn't really get up while it's still night. She really doesn't have to.
0: And then they give some different explanation of what it really does mean. So they're saying the whole proverb is meant to be taken literally, except that one line that women might have a problem with, that they have to stay up part of the night. Right. I guess they do that to make women feel at least a little better about the passage. It's kind of like saying this proverb tells that a wife of noble character takes care of all this stuff. And even though the text says so, it's not really like she has to stay up all night. Not
1: really. If a wife was going to take care of all this stuff by herself, she'd have to stay up part of the night.
0: Maybe all of the night, unless she's Wonder Woman.
1: Yeah, unless she's Wonder Woman, you're right. The, the funny thing is, though, that there are some sermons I've heard where they say it does indeed mean that she stays up part or all of the night. And she does it willingly because... All this other stuff, the husband, the kids, the household, means so very much to her, she's even willing to forego rest for them. She's a darn good woman. She's a much better woman than I could ever be. And I have to say, Rose, many of the women's Bible studies out there, which generally are written by women, don't seem to be a whole lot better. For the most part, this very last book of the Proverbs is looked at as a list for women to achieve I've seen studies that say it can be achieved in 21 days. 21 days? I've seen a couple of those, in fact. I've seen studies on how to be virtuous, studies telling women they already are the Proverbs 31 woman. I've seen ones that attempt to lighten the load by making it kind of funny. But the main component of all these and most sermons is still to look at this as some type of list to try to achieve. I think that's why we have men who are out there looking for the Proverbs 31 woman to marry, and I think that's why we have women striving to be
0: the Proverbs 31 woman. Chris, we should probably read Proverbs 31 so we can start looking at it. Okay, so I'll read it. Here it is. This
1: is all of Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31, the sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. Listen, my son, listen, son of my womb. Listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. Do not spend your strength on women, your vigor on those who ruin kings. It is not for kings, Lemuel. It is not for kings to drink wine, not for rulers to crave beer, lest they drink and forget what has been decreed and deprive all the oppressed of their rights. Let beer be for those who are perishing, wine for those who are in anguish. Let them drink and forget their poverty and remember their misery no more speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves for the rights of all those who are destitute speak up and judge fairly defend the rights of the poor and needy epilogue the wife of noble character a wife of noble character who can find she is worth far more than rubies her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value she brings him good not harm all the days of her life she selects wool and flax and works with eager hands She is like the merchant ships bringing her food from afar. She gets up while it's still night. She provides food for her family and portions for her female servants. She considers a field and buys it. Out of her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She sets about her work vigorously. Her arms are strong for her tasks. She sees that her trading is profitable and her lamp does not go out at night. In her hand, she holds the distaff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. When it snows, she has no fear for her household, for all of them are clothed in scarlet. She makes coverings for her bed. She is clothed in fine linen and purple. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes the seat among the elders of the land. She makes linen garments and sells them and supplies the merchants with sashes. She is clothed with strength and dignity. She can laugh at the days to come. She speaks with wisdom and faithful instruction is on her tongue. She watches over the affairs of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children arise and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many women do noble things, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty is fleeting, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Honor her for all her hands have done, and let her works bring her praise at the city gate. That is a huge task list. It is, if you turn
0: it into a task list. But there's more here than meets the eye. There is. So we're going to take a look at this passage a little closer chris like we always say scripture needs to be taken in context so before we delve into these verses at the very end of the book of proverbs we should start by taking a look at the very beginning of the book of proverbs because that's where we need to start in order to get some perspective absolutely and there are some
1: things about proverbs we need to say right from the start and the first one of those is something we say all the time rose And that is that all of the Old Testament points to Jesus.
0: As we study this, we need to keep that in mind. So we need to look for how Proverbs points us to Jesus and the gospel. Yep. Also, the book of Proverbs
1: is laid out as a father giving instructions to a son. The book of Proverbs was generally taught to youth, although it's not just for youth. And the Proverbs are truths that are obscurely expressed. You have to kind of figure them out like a riddle, kind of like
0: the parables. The truths found in them are obscured also. So what else should we know about the book of Proverbs?
1: Proverbs is a book of wise sayings about the way things generally work. They're not promises. There's no guarantee that if you do X,
0: then Y will be your outcome. That's important because I think a lot of people look at them this way, especially like Proverbs 22.6, which says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. I know a lot of Christian parents who've taken their kids to Sunday school and church all their lives and they rely on this as a promise, but it's not a promise. No, and that's a popular one, but it's not. The
1: book of Proverbs isn't a list of promises and therefore the books that have been written that take the wisdom of Proverbs and make it steps to success in some area like whether it's business or finance or any other good outcome are wrong. They are. What else should we know? Proverbs is not to be read, if I work hard enough, I can do this and become the perfect wise person. Like the law, Rose, we can't follow the wisdom of Proverbs perfectly in our own strength any more than we could possibly
0: keep the law. We need Christ. Which is why the book of Proverbs tells us right from the beginning what we have to start with. Proverbs 1-7 says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. The starting point for gaining this knowledge and wisdom is fearing the Lord. Exactly.
1: We need to be saved by Jesus because only those who are saved by Jesus actually fear the Lord. And so we're told that's the beginning of understanding what these Proverbs mean.
0: Right. And there's one more thing we should say about the book of Proverbs. Like the law, we won't perfectly follow the wisdom of Proverbs either. We're still being sanctified. And that's why trying to do them to make ourselves the perfect Proverbs 31 woman or comparing ourselves morally with her attributes and all that she does is wrong. And it can leave us feeling frustrated and empty and feeling like a loser. Which leads us to the, probably the most important point about the Proverbs. Jesus
1: is the perfect son of Proverbs. Paul says in Colossians 2, 3, in Christ are
0: hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Absolutely. Jesus is the only perfect son of Proverbs, and he's the only one who could do everything in the Proverbs perfectly.
1: Right. And only by having our hearts regenerated by the Holy Spirit and believing in the gospel message can we even start to do it.
0: Some commentators and pastors, instead of looking at this section of scripture as a list for women to achieve, they see the Proverbs 31 woman as being a picture of the perfected, sanctified church. In other words, the bride of Christ. So we're going to delve into that. And there's several reasons why this makes sense. The first one has to do with something we should note about in the book of Proverbs. It's a stylized book, meaning that it's full of literary structures. These are important structures that can help us realize what's being said in the book. That's a good point, Rose. This book is full of something we call chiastic structure. That's a literary
1: device used to draw attention to a certain point, and it uses a pattern. To explain it in words, since we can't show it to you on paper, I'd say it this way. If you took two ideas and labeled one A and the other one B, and you had two examples for each letter, you would lay them out on paper A, B, B, A, so that they would mirror one another. And often, a chiasm includes another idea in the middle of that mirror. That's the focal point or the emphasis of what the writer's trying to get across. It's called the hinge point. Chris,
0: that was probably as clear as mud. (laughs) It probably was. But it was a good try. Okay. It was a good try considering we didn't have paper. I know
1: it's tough without paper. But you can look it up. It's spelled
0: C-H-I-A-S-M. And regardless, it's a literary device used often in the Bible. And like you said, it's used all over the book of Proverbs. Including right here in this section, Proverbs 31. There's a hinge point or a main point, And that's verse 23, which you might be surprised to know is her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes his seat among the elders of the land. Right. The husband is at the center. The wife is making him look good.
1: That's what the church is supposed to do. Glorify God. And Rose, this part of Proverbs has
0: a second literary structure. It's laid out using all 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. Right, it's like an acronym of the alphabet, and this alphabetical structure shows completeness. If this is the church, it's showing the completeness of the fully sanctified church in all her fullness, doing what she's supposed to be doing. And
1: since Christ is the perfect son of Proverbs, it makes sense that this would be about his spotless
0: bride, the church. It does, and you bring up a good point. We can't say that Christ is the perfect son of Proverbs, knowing that no one else could follow the Father's proverbial instruction to his son perfectly, and then use the end of Proverbs as something to expect women to fulfill, something that's been decided is a list for them to adhere to in order to be truly considered a good wife and mother. It's just hypocritical. I agree. It is hypocritical, and that's a great point. I'm so glad that you said that. So let's go back to the beginning of chapter 31 of Proverbs for a moment. Chris, you read it, and we already said that this proverb isn't addressed to a woman, it's addressed to a man, a man who's a king. This is not just a mother's advice to her son about how to be a king one day. These verses foreshadow the perfect king, Jesus. Jesus would judge justly, he would not give in to the temptations of women or alcohol, he would not pervert the rights of the afflicted, but instead would not only defend the rights of the helpless, the poor, and the needy, He would pour out his blood on the cross to overcome sin and death and hell. And that's followed up by the character qualities of a
1: king's wife, as she should be. And we see in scripture, those qualities are reflected
0: in what the church is supposed to be. And just some examples, first and foremost, she has what's needed at the beginning, fear of the Lord. The church should certainly fear the Lord. And another example, if we look at the parable of the ten virgins... The Proverbs 31 woman, her lamp does not go out. The five wise virgins kept their lamps burning and they got to go into the marriage feast with the bridegroom. The church should certainly keep their lamps burning like the Proverbs 31 woman. That's a
1: great example. And just like the Proverbs 31's family is clothed in scarlet, believers' sins are covered by Christ's blood. In addition to all those, Christians are to care for the poor and needy, are to be good stewards, are not to be idle, are to bear
0: fruit in every good work. And we could go on and on, Rose. We could. And if you look at that proverb in light of it being the church, you'll see all the similarities. And there's another interesting point to note about the book of Proverbs. In the Hebrew Bible, the book of Proverbs is followed by the book of Ruth. And Ruth is a lot like the Proverbs 31 woman. Yes, she is. In fact... In Ruth 3, verse 11,
1: Boaz says to her, And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you ask, for all my fellow townsmen know that you are a worthy woman.
0: And the reason we're bringing this point up about the book of Ruth following on the heels of the book of Proverbs in the Hebrew canon is because Ruth, who was widowed, needs a kinsman redeemer, a near relative who will fulfill his obligation to marry her and continue the deceased family name according to Levitical law. The relative's name is Boaz. And the book gets you wondering, will Boaz prove himself righteous? Will he redeem Ruth and her mother-in-law? And he does. Boaz is a foreshadowing of Jesus, the ultimate kinsman redeemer, who will redeem a bride for himself, the church. That's a really good point, Rose, and more evidence that Ruth is mirroring the church and that the Proverbs 31 woman is the church. So, Chris, we've laid out a lot of good points of why this section of Proverbs is really the church. But that's not the only explanation, is it?
1: No, Rose, it's not. But we're out of time for today. So tune in
0: next week to hear part two of the Proverbs 31 woman. Like we said at the beginning of the episode, if you're tired of hearing about this virtuous woman and if you're feeling discouraged when you see this passage, if you hate this passage, or think it's what you need to aspire to in order to be a godly Christian wife, or if you're a man who's always looking for a Proverbs 31 wife, we invite you to tune into the next episode. We think you're going to be surprised at what else you might learn about this passage. If you have any comments or questions about today's episode, please feel free to leave them
1: on the podcasting site you've been listening to or go to our webpage, Proverbs910 Ministries.com. Have a blessed day.